As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Listening to the number one Chicago Bears podcast, unrivaled, unmatched, and unequal. Hogan Johns covering the Bears from CHGO. It's Adam Ho, and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Together, they're the Adams. The Adams converge. The consummate pros. The incomparable Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan Johns, with you on a Tuesday, as we are into NFL Draft Month. It's always draft season, I feel like. I think draft season has become its own football market. Yeah, it really has. Uh, it's like as soon as, it, not even like the playoffs, but just the regular season's over, you're in draft season. Seems always. Like. Did you yep. see who, uh, who uh, we hired at The Athletic to do draft stuff? Yes, our guy Nate Tice. Yes, he'll be on later this month. <sighs> Could never go wrong with a Badger. Oh, you know, same you thing. Can. You can't. I like Nate. I'm not going to go down that road. I like Nate, but you can't. No, you really can't. Uh, Just like the, the Blackhawks got it. The Blackhawks hired Chris Fosters to we'll take over that for Pat out. Foley. Badger. I mean, fine. Just smart moves here. You can have your Syracuses and your Missouri and all that, but look who's look who's really here. You went to Wisconsin school. You We can count you in that. I did. Too. I did. Yep. Uh, welcome in. We have a fun show planned for you today. Brad Spielberger, who uh, is awesome on Twitter, does a ton of cap stuff um, for Pro Football Focus, will be joining us here. We'll talk a little bit about why the Bears are in the situation they're in, why they haven't spent a whole lot. Fun All fact kind of- about Brad, he's tall. Is he? <laughs> really tall. Have you met him? Yes. Oh, I've never met him. At the, the Combine in Indy. Oh, how tall well is over he? six feet tall. He's six four, six five. Okay. So he's an inch taller than me. <laughs> There's no way you're six three, six two. I yes. want you to prove that. Prove that. Okay. Uh, do you want my doctor to send over my physical from this? Fine, year? if that's what it takes. Seventy three inches. Baby. I don't think you're six three. I mean, shoes off on an official scale from a doctor. I don't know what you want from me. You scale, want me to actually? It's, it's for you want weight. me to enter into the combine and have like the NFL doctors do it? We should. Your guy Nicholas Marino wants to do his own Bears media combine. 
What's his last name? Marino? Mariano. What did I say, Marino? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know he was related to Dan. Dan Marino. Sorry, Nick. He's going to give me a hard time about that one. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Hey, I wanted to follow up on it. By the way, you and uh, Kevin did a nice show last week while I was gone, moving. Um, And uh, you guys gave away some free hats. We need to follow up on what the answer was. I think most people knew what it was. Got the answers. It came in pretty quickly, but this was the the question was. It was a good question by you, by the way. Even the way you phrased it, probably better than I'll do right now. But the question was, which former Bears player was asked to describe Aaron Rodgers in two words and use three? All right, so two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. One of the greatest sound bites ever. Pernell McPhee, our guy. So congrats to Carlos, Darren, and Aaron for uh, being the first to uh, respond to both Johns and me with the correct answer on Twitter. And they were all uh, winners of our snapback walking bear hats, which are perfect for the summer. Uh, from our friends at Obvious Shirts, and you can, uh, if you, you if you'd still like one, please go to obviousshirts.com and you can purchase them. I'm trying to find. I can't. I should have saved this one, but someone was completely wrong, and it was almost embarrassing how wrong they were. I can't find it right now. I laughed out loud when I saw it, but I saw it like you know, you're walking out the door, you see it in passing, or I forget yeah. I was driving or something. I I didn't think of saving it, but now I'm thinking of how I laughed at the answer. I, I think I, I, I think I vaguely know what you're talking about, and I thought it was a joke. I, it was like that's how wrong it was, and I'm like that must be a bit. But yeah, I can't find. Maybe it I can't find it either. Yeah, the problem is it's not a response to a specific tweet, so you can't even look that up. But uh, anyway, welcome in. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read Johnsy on The Athletic. You can read me at chg, allchgo.com. Um, and you can also find the CHGO Bears podcast Monday through Friday, live at 11 a.m. every day on YouTube. Please check that out. Also, check out the Hogan Johns. With Johns. Nick Marino. <laughs> With Nick Marino. <laughs> He's going to give Culture, history, Brief. spaghetti. These are the things of a boot country called Italia. Hello, I'm Joe Romano of Romano Tours. For two generations, my family has provided high-quality tours of Italy to people from all over the world, but mostly Long Island and Jersey. I don't know why, but that, for some reason, you say Nick Marino made me think of Joe Romano. Our good old friend Joey. Do your research. Yeah, and Vic Fangio. Um, welcome in... <laughs> Uh, have I don't you, you just totally derailed me here with Nick Marino. <laughs> I, think I did. That's what's, what's going on here? But uh, what should we talk about? What's well, the Bears podcast? Yeah, the Bears don't do anything. So phase one has started at Hallis Hall. Yes, we don't I'm sure, know. What I'm happened. sure we could get an attend this report if we, if we wanted it. It's just it's the off season program. Fifth coach. I'm not staff. even sure we can get one of those. It's true because voluntary. Larry Larry covered it. Larry had a couple of guys. So I think we know um <laughs> I don't know who 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 is there. Uh Travis Gibson, I think we know is there, and Cole Komet. 
We talked about ones. Cole Komet today on the CHGO Bears podcast. Yeah, I saw that. Like, I got kind of score. fired up defending him. You don't like the... I think some of the criticism is unfair of him. Well, according to Jake Flanagan, who chimed in um, in the middle of the show, he looked this up. Apparently, only two tight ends have ever had more receptions in a season than Cole Komet did last year. Bears tight ends. Well, again, not a high bar, but yeah, yeah Mike Dicka and that like still didn't seem right hearing that. But but it just like everyone, I think treats him like uh, like he's supposed to be Kyle Pitts, like a top five pick, and like he was a second round pick. So anyway, we can get into that a little bit later. But uh, we want to bring in Brad Spielberger into the show today. Brad, what's going on, man? Welcome in. Thanks for having me. Not much. How about you? Uh, we are good. We're trying to make sense of this Bears offseason. No, well, hold on. First question. Brad, how tall tall are you? 6'7". Uh, 6'7". Six, seven. <laughs> six, seven. Okay, see, you undersold him. <laughs> now that makes more sense. Brad said hello at the Combine during the, the mayhem of the, like, when all the GMs and head coaches talk. He said hello. I'm like, whoa, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to meet you in person as opposed to over Twitter, over Zoom or whatnot. It's, you know, they have the pandemic... Somewhat over. I felt good to see you at the combine, Brad. Yeah, definitely. No, it is. Uh, it's cool to put a you know a face to a name. It's all all this Twitter stuff is uh, you know a little different than getting to you know actually meet someone and uh, chat. So yeah, I agree with you there. Johns, if if you now that you know he's six seven, do you believe I'm six three? Maybe that, I'll give you six two. That makes more sense. Like you were thinking, he's way taller than I am. Yeah, I, I estimated six four. See, yeah, cut you short by three inches. Sorry, man. It's it's overrated. It fl- flying's a nightmare. It's there, there's a cutoff. There's a threshold <laughs> where it's kind of just diminishing returns, and I think I've surpassed it. <laughs> can you dunk? I could in my day. I haven't tried in a while, but I'm sure I still there can barely go. barely get it in. You know, over the rim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, Brad is the uh, salary cap analyst for Pro Football Focus. Does a great job. A good follow on, on Twitter. So you should make sure you check that out. Um, Brad, where how have you looked at this Bears offseason, kind of where they're at? They they have they're not in as tough of a caps position as they were last year, obviously. But um Ryan Poles, the new general manager, is still kind of saving up this space, it seems like, for the future. Yeah, I think the best situation to compare it to, and obviously this is an optimistic outlook, but the Buffalo Bills in 2018 basically did the same thing. I mean, they, they brought in a new regime and they got rid of a ton of older veteran bloated contracts. And instead of trying to kind of have a patchwork and maybe sneak into the playoffs, which probably was a realistic possibility in this year's NFC, but instead of doing that, they just bottomed out. They got rid of everyone. They had over 50 million in dead cap. Um, the Bears are about 45 million right now. And I think it's probably the smarter long term approach. It's not easy, though, if you have a, a rookie quarterback, not a rookie quarterback, but a second-year quarterback. Do you think they've spent enough around Justin Fields? I think that's a hot hot topic. I think it's a fair question. You know, I thought they should spend as little as possible on defense and just spend on offensive line and weapons. Um, not go crazy, but just kind of build out the offense, be, be a maybe bad team in the wins and losses column, but a better offense next year. Um, they kind of, like you said, have really done nothing. You know, it, it definitely raises some questions of are they giving Fields a legit opportunity to showcase his talent and all that? They don't have a first-round pick, obviously. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of patience and, and of frugality, so I, I can't speak out against it. 
I wanted to ask you about the wide receiver market because we saw like this huge, like bloated first wave of free agency. And then we saw some um, one year contracts that like the Bears ended up doing with Byron Pringle for not a whole lot of money. And they seem excited about him. Uh, and I'm blank. Who's the, the one that one went year, to, six million for Pringle? Right. Who's right. the one that went to Detroit again? The, uh, DJ Chark. Yeah, DJ Chark was a name that that I think a lot of Bears fans wanted to to see too. He goes on a one year, ten million deal, right? So, what did you just make of all that as as it was unfolding? Because I think like the offensive line, a lot of Bears fans are sitting here like, who the hell is Justin Fields going to throw the ball to? Yeah, you know, I think that the difference potentially in this regime is I think they actually wanted to be active. I think they were in on some conversations. I'm sure, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, because of his connection to new offensive coordinator Luke Getze, I'm sure he was a guy they at least made some phone calls to. But the prices changed. I mean, that Christian Kirk contract in Jacksonville, for better or for worse, $18 million per year for a guy who has never had a 1,000-yard season, you know, is, is a good vertical guy out of the slot, but not really like a dynamic player. That kind of had everyone, like the whole market changed. And so I don't think the Bears were comfortable entering some of those numbers that started to happen at that position. And again, like I, I do think that's the correct approach uh, in general. But yes, it's a little scary when you look at a depth chart of Mooney, Pringle, and, and question mark. For a guy who likes frugality, who likes patience, what do you think of this NFL trend of going all in and being aggressive to trade for proven talent, whether it's Devontae Adams, whether it's the Rams, going for Matthew Stafford and getting rid of Jared Goff, like giving up draft capital, a lot of draft capital, and going all in in different situations. I don't so know if it's a trend, but it's, plays hand in yeah. hand. And, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I kind of like it because I think it requires both teams on the end of the trade to be realistic with where they're at in that the one team needs to realize they're probably not as good as they want to be, and the fastest route to contention is not to tank, but to maybe not spend aggressively and not chase you know, a wild card. Instead, be bad for a year and build up some draft capital, stuff like that. And the other end of the spectrum is teams that are you know close but not quite there being more aggressive and saying, look, the windows in the NFL are maybe a year, two years, three years at best. Let's chase that window. So I think it's it's requiring owners on both sides to be more realistic with where their roster is actually at. Was it year three in Buffalo where they traded for Stephon Diggs? Where they, That's they right. Entering started, the third season. Yeah, yep. where things started to change. They knew what Josh Allen was. So it's a pretty good example to stick with if you're if you're the if you're a Bears fan who's pessimistic about what they're doing. Still look at the Bills. Hey, Brad. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about how the Bears got in this mess, uh, at least the mess they were in more so last year, but the situation where now new GM's coming in and cutting all the fat. Look, the pandemic, all every team dealt with that, but it, it had to... I, how do you view all that Like in terms of the, the salary cap shrunk unexpectedly for the first time in a long time? You are mentioning windows. Depending on where certain teams were, they could stomach that better than others. So how much do you blame the Bears situation on being a little bit unlucky with the timing of all that? Or was it the moves that were being made that that made things worse? It was a little bit of both. I mean, there definitely was a component of the, the cap drop. No one foresaw. I spoke with some people at team said, hey, do you guys even have like a, a plan for if this happens? Like I said, no, there's no team that had some, you know, hey, what happens if this like they just didn't foresee it at all? So 
that was part of it. But at the end of the day, this is why when you're restructuring contracts so often and continuing to kick the can down the road, we love to kind of just say, yeah, we'll deal with that issue later. Like that's a that's a future Bears GM problem, not my problem. But then, you know, you trade Khalil Mack and he he leaves the biggest dead cap hit for a non-quarterback in NFL history. And that's for a trade, not even a cut. So you know, that, that, that's why I'm on Twitter and, and, and being the wet blanket all the time and talking about the salary cap, because if you do fly a little too close to the sun, this is, you know, what happens. Who is you? Which which teams had the best offseason, in your opinion, whether that's building around a quarterback or potentially taking the next step with their spending cuts, frugality, what have you? Yeah, I mean, I think, and you mentioned that the Bills, and this is the the trend we're seeing now, is going into the third year of the rookie contract for these quarterbacks, if these teams know the guy is at least a guy, like maybe he's not Joe Burrow or, or Justin Herbert, but those are the two guys this year. But even last year with a Kyler Murray and a Daniel Jones, we saw the Cardinals and the Giants spend like crazy. So I think the Bengals and Chargers did a good job of, they definitely addressed some weaknesses. They definitely spent some money, but they didn't go too crazy. I mean, the Bengals obviously get three starters on the offensive line. That was, you know, we all knew they needed to fix that that position group, and they did. Um, and then the Chargers, just some smart moves, get the number one cornerback, uh, you know, uh, in free agency for $16.5 million per year, not crazy for the top corner. Um, obviously trade for Khalil Mack, as we mentioned. I love the addition of Sebastian Joseph Day. They needed that nose tackle on the interior as well. So, you know, two teams that can still take advantage of that rookie contract and, and build out some some strong rosters. How about the NFC North? The Packers, uh, you know, I, they obviously had to make tough decisions and they move on from Devontae Adams. What do you make of their offseason so far? And, and I mean, are they really stuck and can they be competitive uh, in the situation they're at? Yeah, I mean, they're the Green Bay Packers, which, you know, I know I say that. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, they're, they're a draft and develop franchise. This is what they do. They're not afraid to venture into these waters. But I do think Devontae Adams is, is just a massive loss. I mean, the second most targets in the NFL behind Cooper Cup the last three seasons, the guy is just, he's their offense. And so as phenomenal as Aaron Rodgers is, as great as the floor is in this offense and this run game, which they will lean on, it's hard to envision how they're going to find receivers to replace that production. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is again, a same scenario. They, they were kind of playing those games as well and, and just kicking can down the road a bunch and it finally caught up to them a little bit. And um, you know, I still think they're going to win the division uh, kind of handily, frankly, but um, they have to, you know, have some hit on some of these draft picks, but they do have what four in the top 50 or so. So they got to hit on two or three of those. I want to stay in the NFC North bad um, in terms of cost. And what you're getting for that cost. I want to ask you about my guy, Kirk Cousins, and the, the Vikings' willingness to to really see this through with a lot of guaranteed money but not a lot of playoff appearances. I, I'm just curious from your cost analysis approach, like what the hell are the Vikings doing? You know, it's crazy to me because we even saw some of these trades. for Like I would say he's significantly better than Carson Wentz. You know, they, they go out, uh, Indy does, and gets a third and a future second potentially. Could be a future third. Like you see, you know, all these deals come in. The Russell Wilson trade was insane. Like even if you get half of that, a first and a second versus two first, two seconds, and three players, that's a good deal in my opinion for the Minnesota Vikings. Would not have left a lot of dead cap. They could kind of start fresh, hit the reset button. You know, I don't know why they're chasing this. This I don't see a window, but I guess they see a window. I really don't know why when you replace the regime that's been there for you know almost 15 years at that point, had some success, obviously tried to you know recapture that NFC Championship in 2017. I don't see why you fire those guys and then basically do the same thing again. 
Yeah, that that really surprised me because usually when you have like the new regime come in, you would have thought yeah. massive change is coming here. Um, I did see one very interesting note this morning from uh, Warren Sharp on Twitter. He listed the uh, amount of wins or one score losses teams had last year. So basically, it's a good measure of how competitive you are. Like even when you're losing, you're close in the games. And the the Vikings and Packers were both tied with Buffalo at the top with 16. I mean, as, so I mean, in 16 of your 17 games, you're I mean, you're either winning or you're right there, like close to winning. And I just I wonder if the Vikings looked at that and were like, you know, not that far. Let's not have a let's not leave a massive void at quarterback because. Well, none of us probably think Kirk Cousins is going to be leading the Vikings to the Super Bowl. You can do a lot worse. 100%. I also think, I mean, look, this NFC is just not a good conference compared to the AFC. Like, I, I think they are probably going to get a wild card. It's just a question of, like, is that a successful run or is that worth the cost of what they're doing? Um, the one-score game thing is super interesting, though. It's it's Playing in them is one thing, but basically there, there's this betting trend that goes back forever that is kind of like, it's not a sure thing. It's probably, Vegas is probably caught up now. But if you win one score, five more one score games in a season than you lose, or you lose five more one score games than you win in a season, you're going to reverse. There's going to be regression. It's going to flip. Minnesota, they played in 16, but they went like nine and seven. So it's not like there was a big disparity, um, but no, definitely things to monitor and, and trends to consider. It's Kirk Cousins. He just makes you feel like you're close, but yet you're so far away. <laughs> it's the, the desperation of the position. It's thinking you have one. I don't think he's that bad of a quarterback, but I think at this point in his career, you just know what he is. And I think it is some of my surprise talking here. You have a new regime, new coach come in. Didn't make the change. I don't know. Speaking of new coaching staffs, um, when you have a team – that spends and spends and spends like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number one, what do you think about that? Because it seems to happen every single year where they go crazy in free agency. And two, when will they learn their lesson that this doesn't work? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like you said, it's probably not going to work. I mean, the, the general adage is, you know, if you're spending in free agency, you're probably spending more than, than that player is actually worth because you're competing with the market. And, you know, just the odds that you're actually going to build out a roster based on free agency additions is just not really something we've ever seen. Um, I, I'll tell you this. I, they pay a tax. I mean, they are, they're, they're picking back-to-back number one overall, even with Trevor Lawrence on the roster, for a reason. And it's not a well-run organization. And I think, you know, they, they have to pay a surplus to get certain guys even come to their team. I guess I'll say just to be nice, like you probably should have spent around Trevor Lawrence. Just get him like NFL caliber players around him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't foresee it magically working this time after not working every other time. Well, that's an interesting part of the conversation too. I wanted to tie it back into Justin Fields because the Bears did the exact opposite with the new coaching staff. I know it's a new general manager, but different approaches to providing for young quarterbacks. Even the Patriots. Parted with what draft capital get Devontae Parker wasn't a lot, was it? I, I forget. It was a late round uh, pick. Future third. Future third. So not a lot for a pretty proven receiver, but it seems like some of these other teams with second year quarterbacks are trying to make investments around the quarterbacks while the Bears are trying to be patient. I mean, yeah, and I think that does unfortunately tie back to, you know, all the things they did to kind of try to chase 2018 those last couple of years. Is like, look, they, they could spend. I'm not saying they can't, or that the salary cap is preventing them from making moves, but I think their thought process is we'd rather have a 10-year stretch of good play than a three-year stretch of great play and then go through this again. 
Um, look, there's there's different opinions there. It's funny. I, I feel like now that I talk to different teams, like you go on a Packers podcast and they hate it and they'd rather just win a Super Bowl and then be bad. And I'm sitting here as a Bears fan, like I would love to just play in a playoff game every year and maybe not win a Super Bowl, but we're competitive every single year. Um, I think it's just kind of a philosophy thing at that point. Yeah, even Pulse you- has mentioned like the flash and pan success. Go go ahead, Adam. Yeah, no, I was. What did you think of Mitch Trubisky's contract? Because I honestly didn't know what to expect. First of all, this whole quarterback market, you referenced it earlier. Like, if you got one team overpaying for Carson Wentz when there's better options out there. I mean, I think you can make an argument that Trubisky, taking a flyer on Trubisky on that contract would have been a, a smarter move for Washington. But I guess I was kind of surprised, it, unless I'm wrong on this, it looks like the only guaranteed money he really got in his deal was the signing bonus. Yeah, it actually came in, I wouldn't say under expectations. So original expectations were around what I actually think I had it right at 214. But then it started, we hear all this buzz and that all these teams are liking him. And they think that, you know, the Bills and, and Ken Dorsey and, and Brian Dable have solved him and fixed him just like Josh Allen. Um, I mean, two years, 14, I think the ironic thing is it's it's the Mike Lennon contract. And I don't think it prevents Pittsburgh from drafting a guy at all. Um, and maybe that's exactly what happens. <laughs> you mentioned the Bears spending uh, on defensive free agency. You don't want to see it, but they tried to make a splash with Larry Ogunjobi. It, it didn't work out because he didn't pass his physical. But then they spent more money in finding the three technique and a defensive end. I'm curious, just their, their, their defensive moves. You still have a needed cornerback, needed safety. Maybe, I don't know if Nicholas Morrow is the answer next to Roquan Smith, but to see their defensive spending after the Ogunjobi move, or even even the Ogunjobi move. What did you think of that? What did you think of them backing out and then moving down the line to find guys to fill in after making the decision to move on? Yeah, I mean, I had, you know, someone explained to me that the three technique in Matt Eberflus's defense is, like, maybe the most important position on the entire field. And so, like, they were going to go out and spend on a guy they thought could play that role at a high level, um, and that was Larry Ogunjobi. My, my thing there is, and I'm not trying to diminish defense. Look, it's the Chicago Bears. They're always going to try to have a good defense. But, you know, if you're not going to be a particularly strong team next year and you're going to kind of pass on offense, like why would you spend, in my opinion, why would you spend a decent chunk on defense? But end of the day, is this Ryan Poles' team? Yes. Does the head coach in every building get a ton of say on personnel? Um, also, yes. <laughs> the last thing I have for you is, can you just explain how – so all these moves, I think everybody, including myself and this podcast, have talked like in generalities of how much flexibility it will give the Bears a year from now. Can you explain like why that's the case or really put it into perspective like what the Bears could potentially do next year, depending on, I guess, how Ryan evaluates how far away they are from winning? Yeah, so it's a cash and cap standpoint. I mean, they were the number one cash spender in the NFL in 2018. And obviously you can manipulate cap numbers and, and move things around. And so not only are they kind of eating, taking their lumps and just going to have a bad you know, roster, both financially and, and talent wise this year, but they're saving money and they're saving cap next year. They could have over a hundred million dollars in cap space potentially. Um, and again, though, they also could have, you know, say, Hey, look, we didn't spend it all last year. Let's spend a ton of cash. We have all this revenue and, and, you know, the NFL is back on schedule and all these things. So it's kind of like the Patriots last offseason, you know, actually before they got Mac Jones, but spent the most guaranteed money in NFL history before the Jaguars this offseason. Um, you know, it's because they chased it with Brady, then they did nothing, 
and then that you know they they were willing to spend again. So we got to remember, end of the day, it's convincing your owner to shell out the cash and, and write the checks as well. But got you wouldn't it. spend it, like you would be targeted in free agency. You would try to keep that. I mean, the Bears haven't been in favor of the comp pick formula. I, they, I feel like Pace changed it a couple of years ago, but I mean, you still got to make a lot of signings to fill it out. But I'm just curious, like you would still be, you'd still subscribe to frugality. So that my, my answer there is more like I'm looking for mid-tier signings. And if you have to make five or six, that's fine. Like if you're getting like a starting guard, a starting D tackle, a starting corner, a starting safety, like, but they're, you know, again, I'm just not really not. I'm not. The data shows that you go out and make those big splash signings. Odds are they're not going to work out or at least at the dollar point, you know, the price point that you're spending at. So um, I'm not against free agency at all, you know, in, in its entirety. But my thing is you're saving that money, the big money for Roquan Smith making potentially $20 million per year. And those other guys coming up, that that's where you earmark the big money. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, Brad is on Twitter, and you should be following him at PFF underscore Brad. Great follow there. Get a lot of great insight. And we should also mention that PFF is releasing a four-episode podcast series uh, coming up on Wednesday, April 13th with projected number one overall pick Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan Michigan called Hutch. So you can check that out uh, coming soon. Looking forward to, to hearing what, what that's all about. So, Brad, thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply when you hear him talk about that john's about how like the big splashes rarely work out like, in a lot of ways khalil mack applies to that the you know like it, and he was still a good trade but it still left you in a spot in the end where it was like you can have a reasonable discussion about whether or not that that was a good mover and, and now like as you heard brad say s- second well, the most dead money ever allotted to a non-quarterback in NFL history at $45 million. For me, it was always a matter of expectation. You gave him the richest contract for a defensive player in NFL history. You parted with multiple first-round picks. I expected a game-changer every single week. I wanted to see the defensive player of the year 
play every single week. I know injuries started to change that. I know the Bears weren't as good as they were in 2018, later in 2019, 2020. But that was my expectation. That should have been the Bears' expectation. I think it was. It really was. Instead, he wasn't putting up the, up the kind of numbers that Aaron Donald was, perennial defensive player of the year candidate. Like T.J. Watt, his QB hit numbers are insane. Khalil Mack never produced the same for the Bears. T.J. Watt, what, this year's reigning defensive player of the year? Just That was the expectation I had for him. And yes, this is with the benefit of hindsight. I think it was still the right move at the right moment in 2018. The Bears really took off because of it. But his best game was still his first game with the Bears, and yeah. I think that's a problem. Well, and like that's kind of the point. Is like you're always, you're always, even though even if you're projecting out, when you're paying the top dollar at the highest end of the market, you're almost always paying for past production instead of where a player is headed, because the the window of success even for the top players is so limited. I mean, you could say the same thing about J.J. Watt, who like Khalil Mack was you know a hall of famer very quickly but then injury 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 and like when he's healthy still very 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 good player but staying healthy is a problem and so i think that's just where brad's coming from on like if you can hit that middle tier where you're getting a little bit more value and you're trying to find guys that still have untapped upside which I think has been Ryan Poles' approach here, whether he's gotten those players or not, because I think clearly Ryan Bates was one of those targets and it didn't work out. It's just hard to know. I still think in those cases, more times than not, you don't see that untapped potential. Like It doesn't come to fruition. It just doesn't hurt you as much because most of those contracts you can get out of very easily or they're one-year deals to begin with. Well, it's pastors and pass rushers, right? You, you kind of make... Old moves for pass rushers, whether that's in the draft or free agency, whatnot, when when you think you, you have that passer. Yeah. Some teams know they have that passer. The Bears thought they had one in 2018, hence the move. And I think they have one right now in Justin Fields, but I, I, I agree with Brad in terms of the, the frugal approach. I still would like to see more for Justin Fields. I, I really yeah, me would. Too. But I understand what Ryan Poles is trying to do. I understand the plan. All right. Uh, you wanted to bring oh, up something yes. on Kevin's me, story because Kevin talked to Ryan Poles while we were in Florida. Let me read you this quote real quick. Let me log in. Start talking about stuff, and I'll pull it up. Okay. Um, there is a story <laughs> by Kevin Fishbane, who you may have heard of. Uh, now, he talked to Ryan Poles while we were in Florida. Um the two of us got to talk to Matt Eberflus. Kevin talked to Ryan Poles, and he uh, put it out this morning on The Athletic. Highly recommend you you read the whole thing. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe. Um, and I honestly have not had a chance to read this yet today, but I'm looking so, forward to doing it as soon as we're done here. But you had something you wanted to point out. Let me pull on, put on my old man glasses here. So um, I thought this was an interesting note that he got from Ryan Poles just in terms of how the Bears scouting can potentially change this year or even more so in the future. You can't completely change your grading system right now. You just can't. It's impossible, and it would confuse the scouts. But Ryan Poles did add a certain trait that he wants his scouts to look for for the draft. Since it is draft month, 
Here it is from Kevin's story. Bears college scouts have been told to add a trait to the list in case it wasn't already there. Resilience. It's something Poles has mentioned with the veterans the Bears has signed and what he looks for when scouting players. Resilience. Someone alluded to the fact that a lot of these free agents we brought in were undrafted, Poles said. They had to fight. They had to be resilient. They had to prove. They had to have self-awareness to look themselves in the mirror and say, I've got to get better at these things if I'm going to make it. So we look forward to that. Your thoughts? That's kind of an intangible trait to to quantify, to identify in prospects. It it is, but there's also a way to measure it when you have four years, or in some cases three years, depending on you know some of these restricted free agents you might go after. But you have multiple years to evaluate at the NFL level to help alleviate that guessing you do in the draft, right? Because like no matter who you're drafting, whether it's it's guesswork, Aiden Hutchinson, guesswork number one, or it's a college free agent you're trying to sign, you you there's no tape of the player at the NFL level. And and there's no evidence of how they'll react when they get punched in the mouth at the NFL level or they get their millions and millions of dollars for a top pick and how they're going to react to all that. You don't know. You don't know. So when you can hit that those those guys hitting free agency for the first time, you now know even if they started as an undrafted free agent, how did they react? to when they struggled or when they were told in camp that they weren't going to make the team and they got put on the practice squad and they got called up. What did they do to earn it? So I think when you look at a guy like Byron Pringle or a guy like Lucas Patrick, those are two guys that definitely fit what he's talking about in that they they had some some years at the beginning of their careers where they were probably sitting there going, am, what am I going to be doing in a couple months when I don't make the team? What, and yeah. what do I got to do to get over that? So, I, I mean, I, I like it. I still, it still doesn't completely tell you what they're going to do when they're going to be made a full-time starter in Chicago. But, you know, it, I do see where they're looking for resilience. I had a few thoughts on this. One, I, I, I love that the word was used. I think it's a very important word just for football culture for football players to have resilience because you're going to get your your, your, your face smacked. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to rebound from losses from one play to another. Like Chumbawamba just, in Tough Like Chumbawamba, if you get back. <laughs> Mark Potash loves that song, by the way. I thought you were just Fun doing fact. the lyrics there for a minute. <laughs> if you, if you get, get, get up down, again. but I get up again. But it's part of it. It's part of it. Uh, the second part of this is I think under Ryan Pace, they try to identify the same. Tariq Cohen stands out. Eddie Jackson with the injury stands out. Um, I think it can be extremely difficult to measure. It's not like a 40-yard dash or you know the, the separation a guy, a receiver can create in the open field. It's not. You can't really quantify it. You, you really can't. Uh, but three, and Kevin raised this question. Do you think this changes the Bears' approach to players with certain red flags. Because the Kansas City Chiefs under Andy Reid have always been more open-minded than other teams. Under Ryan Pace, they removed a lot of players with certain red flags off the board. Heck, Ryan Pace had to go to George McCaskey in some instances to have conversations about red flag players. 
what do you think this means for players like Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill? Yeah. I mean, I hope it means that they're they're more open-minded because like there are plenty of cases where guys never turn around. There's a lot of cases where guys make mistakes. Like bad mistakes, like mistakes that maybe they shouldn't be given a second chance, but you know, I always am a believer that if someone's really willing to change their ways and and you know show legitimate contrition and move on and and be a better person the rest of their life, then they should be given second chances. And you've seen some of those cases in the NFL. Um, you know, I think about Joe Mixon. I mean, Joe Mixon did something that you know he's lucky he was drafted, and yet. By all accounts in Cincinnati is like a model citizen and a great teammate, you know, and so it just I, I mean, I that's the difference, I think, between sometimes a, a player who makes a terrible mistake again, mistakes that's in some cases should not be excused in any way. But the difference between a stupid decision when you're not yet a full grown adult and just in general being a bad person. Right, like th- there is a difference there, and I think that that's a a common thing. We see it in the draft every year that teams and NFL general managers have to sort through, and then we see it too at the NFL level, like Antonio Brown. I mean, the next team that gives Antonio Brown another chance, my goodness, seriously, fire everybody because I don't know how many times you have to see the guy do it again and again and again and again. Like that's just dumb. Um. So I do think that the Bears missed out on many opportunities in the Ryan Pace era where they should have taken more chances. And I don't know if they were just scarred by Ray McDonald and all that that happened right away in that first year, but I I don't agree that you should just X out every single player that has one red flag. Yeah. I think it's be part I, of I this. Th- there's a Go balance ahead. there, and hopefully yeah. Ryan Poles finds it. It's going to be a different... Part of the conversation, I think, this draft month, as opposed to the Ryan Pace era. It's going to be part of the conversations at Alice Hall. Ryan Poles goes directly to George McCaskey now. Ted Phillips is out of the picture. Yep. See how it plays out. All right. Well. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. I don't know that we have much else. Resilience. Resilience. I like that word. I feel like we're resilient getting through this offseason, quite frankly. Remember last year? Wasn't last year fun? Quarterback rumors every single day. Russell Wilson might be a bear. Carson Wentz, are they going to be in on Wentz? There's tweets out there saying the Bears have already made an offer. You know, even the fake news was fun. Yeah. That quarterback carousel is a real thing now in the NFL offseason. Yeah, it is. There's just not enough. There's not enough of them. Not enough good ones. There really isn't. All right. Well, um, good stuff from Brad. Glad we had him on. Johnsy's out Thursday. We got a line of good guests coming up here. Really good line of good guests. Um, I guess Thursday technically counts as a guest co-host since you're not going to be here. But uh, my good friend Pat Tomasulo from WGN, uh, the Amazing WGN Morning News, Pat Tomasulo. If you watch him on there, you know he's a funny guy, and he just had a stand-up special come out um, on YouTube. So make sure you check that out. 
he'll be here Thursday talking about that. We'll also talk about Bears stuff, obviously. Um, but I don't, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it yet, Johns. I highly recommend it. I watched it. So funny. Well, Pat's a hilarious human being. Yeah. But he's got a little Bill Burr in him. Like, where he just like, you know, he's got a lot of things that get under his skin. Yeah. And he, and he all comes out in oh, his stand-up. Man, like, there was, he was doing, this wasn't a stand-up routine, but I vividly remember him doing a, a stand-up at uh, the Palace Girl in Madison during one of the Blackhawks uh, Stanley Cup runs. And ABC Channel 7, which would be a competitor of Channel 9, yeah. got into a shot right outside the window. And he was just mocking the whole situation to the point where he had fun sending out his producer to get them off. <laughs> He's like, what are they oh, doing I remember, I, I remember <laughs> hearing that story. Yeah, because he was live on the air as that happened, Live right? on the air. And he's yeah. like, oh, look at this. You know, Channel 7 showed up. <laughs> Thanks for coming out, guys. <laughs> so get out of here. So funny. Uh, yeah, so Pat's going to be here Thursday to fill in. And we got a couple great guests already lined up for next week, too. So stay tuned for draft, that. Draft, draft, draft. Yeah, we're getting there. We are getting there. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read him on The Athletic. Read me at allchgo.com. And uh, we got some draft content content up there, too. Some look at some players that the Bears should go after. Um, so check that out. Nick Marino has got you covered there. Johns not even listening anymore. <laughs> I'm texting. I'm still looking for that tweet. I can't find it. <laughs> it's all right. Well, when you find it, tweet it. At Nick Marino. At at Nick Marino. All right, we're out of here. We'll talk to you on Thursday. See ya. All right, so two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words.